0: ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Thursday, July 30th. My name is Javier Reyes, your host of this year's Lockdown Padres podcast. Check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. Really good accounts, trust me. I recommend them. No bias here. They're just they're just pretty good. Uh, and you can also feel free to hit me up on the Gmail, which is lockdownpadres at gmail.com with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have. And I might even answer them right here on the show. Maybe do a little mailbag, all that jazz, all that cool stuff. And today's episode I just want to talk about last night's, you know, depressing. <laughs> Uh, game against the Giants, and then really quickly towards like the end of the podcast, I just wanted to give my thoughts on the the Joe Kelly situation because I think it's more of a, a broad topic, honestly, in baseball that everyone's kind of talking about, and I have some slightly different thoughts on the matter uh, compared to most people, only slightly different. Uh, I just wanted to talk about that, but yes, let us begin with last night. I was watching the game with a uh, a friend of mine, and by watching I mean. Uh, just kind of uh, talking over our PS4 uh, headsets. Uh, That's what we like to do. We were watching the game together and whatnot through that means. And look, it was a great game up until the end, man. It was really great. I mean, you get the home run from Machado, you get the home run from grisham which was great to see everybody knows how super high i am on grisham i know he's been striking out just a little bit too many times recently uh of late uh so that's a little concerning but i just think that the guy's got a really good eye at the plate and he's got like decent pop just like one of those all-arounder type of players and you know it's unfortunate that he's more famous for his blunder in the playoffs last year when he didn't feel the ball correctly and i think that that probably scares me just a little bit and the idea of it's not like our outfield is so full of depth especially when it comes to the defensive side of things that I might get worried by that you know what I mean the idea that oh we just brought in this guy who makes crucial mistakes defensively but I think that that was just like a little bit of a one time thing um, in terms of the grand scheme of things for the Padres this season and Grisham and his defense and whatnot. not but uh, in terms of other things that happen you know you get the RBI for Bachado, and like I said uh, with the home run which was a shot by the and the 0-2 count that was just whoo man and Machado started off a little bit slow he's been striking out hasn't really just gotten like I think he only has one like single I think he's only got three hits on the year I could be mistaken about that and you know he's he's hit the ball okay but he hasn't you know looked like Manny Machado just yet a tiny tiny bit of a slow start fam same thing Austin Hedges who will get into it a little bit who could it hit as I said months ago, he could have hit the ball if he had Reinhardt's X from Overwatch. I mean, that guy is just not a good offensive player. And even behind the plate, uh, you know, people were a little bit upset with him, I feel like, you know, every now and then. But for the most part, he's great but not behind the plate. But anyway, back to the the, the topic at hand. Um, that was great to see. And then Oliveira has had a pretty decent game. He has two hits, including one RBI, and he also had a walk. So, pretty good game for him. He's looked pretty solid. Um, I, I really think that the only. Bench type of replacement players that we've had that haven't done so well have been uh, Josh Naylor and maybe a couple other guys. But for the most part, I think Josh Naylor's been the only one that hasn't really done too much. Otherwise, Olivares and Greg Garcia have both had like a couple moments, considering that they're bench players. Um, and Fam gets a hit last night too, as well as Greg Garcia, like I just mentioned. Uh, Cronenworth, our beloved Jake Cronenworth, uh, he doesn't have the best game. He gets a walk and two strikeouts, but still. Love seeing him in the lineup. I still want to keep seeing him play. That guy's a just an exciting, tantalizing kind of prospect. Um, and in terms of the offensive side of things, there's nothing really to complain about. I mean, they were solid. The Padres so far this year, I think that a lot of the questions about the team has been... Uh, the offense, like a lot of people are wondering, you know, for the past like five, six years, the Pirates have been near the bottom, if not the bottom, and just on base percentage, a simple stat right? Like that, right? They've got some some guys who hit for power, like they've had Renfro before, they had friend Maria's last year. But uh, Reyes last year. Can't believe I just mispronounced my own last name. I mean, come on. Uh, that, that's how, just for you guys to know uh, my mindset at the moment. Um, so they haven't had a problem with just raw like power in terms of that perspective of it. But on-base percentage, they've been lacking. And in general so far, like, you look, you get Tatis back this year, right? But they also added Grisham and Pham. And, you know, just those two additions alone should, in theory, really help a lot with the on-base percentage. So that's really exciting. And I think so far that you've seen that the Padres are taking more pitches. They're looking at counts better. They're not being overly aggressive at the plate and swinging at garbage. You know what I mean? Uh, even Tatis. Tatis, as my friend pointed out, he hates to see how it feels like he struck out a lot looking uh, and not swinging, which is, you know, unfortunate you'd rather go down swinging, swing it, as uh, someone said before. I don't know what, who said that in the song. Sugar, we're going down swinging. Yeah, so like, yeah, there we go. Um, but um, you know, that's that's a little unfortunate. But, but in general, Tatis is so excited at the plate that I I don't care. I just think that he's he's great, and it's just good that he's seeing more pitches and not swinging too wildly at things. I think. Uh, but that's really all I have to say about the offense. The offense has gotten hits when they've needed it. Will Myers' home run yesterday, like, we've gotten the hits when necessary. Even Hosmer's uh, solo home run to kind of tie it up in the game we lost against the D-backs. And whenever we really need the hits from the offense, we've kind of got it. So offense has not been a a complaint either. And neither has been the starting pitching. Yesterday, the sheriff, he goes five innings, does allow six hits and two runs, but does get six strikeouts, and doesn't walk anybody, which is good, on 89 pitches. So he was solid, if not spectacular. But also, uh, my my friend pointed this out, too, and the announcers were talking about it a little bit, too. The conditions were a little bit weird, especially early on. There was, like, a weird fog, weird haze, so I don't know how much that might have affected Paddock's pitching, if at all, but, you know, that that wasn't great, but it's—I it's, I don't really know how to judge that, you know what I mean? I don't really know how to— uh, look at that and say, oh, wow, yeah, like, that decreased his velocity or whatever, right, so I can't really speak on that totally, but I thought he looked pretty decent, um, I thought Johnny Cueto for the Giants, he was looking okay at first, and then, you know, only goes 3.2 innings, four hits, four runs, uh, allowed, three walks, too, so it's interesting, and it's interesting how quickly they took him out, it's clear that the Giants are probably, um, I think that they're trying their best to make sure he doesn't pitch too much, right? Uh, this is definitely not a competitive team, so they're willing to pull out their starters early, and they know Johnny Cueto might be the only guy on this team that has like a real big uh, amount of trade value. And the other guy on the team who's very good, we'll get into later, they're not trading him. That's uh, in But I think that, that it shows you, no matter what, like Cueto, they're trying to keep that guy healthy, I think, and potentially as a trade Um, Candidate for other teams who might be looking for one. Hey, maybe the Padres might be looking for one at this point. The biggest thing that happened last night, of course, was the bullpen gosh dang it again this is the same thing it wasn't offense it wasn't starting pitching two things that i feel like a lot of people on the surface level think are going to be the issues with the Padres. no it was the bullpen you know david bedner he goes 1.1 gives up two hits in the year and run and that's not you know you know what i mean like it's okay you took out paddock he's your 6 inning guy that's not the worst thing in the world you know to happen and whatnot but it was it was discouraging but still you know i'm not i'm not freaking out about that and then Tim Hill, who comes in for 0.2. He's fine. He gets one strikeout for the little bit that he's in. Uh, and I, I remember I was talking about my friend. We keep saying, What in the Tim Hill? Who in the Tim Hill is that? I swear that's a saying that people use. They use that accent and everything. They say, What in the Tim Hill? But I don't know. You guys have to correct me on that if I'm uh, mistaken or whatnot. And then, of course, both Stammon and Strom. They just decide to absolutely stink it up. Stammen goes only .2. He gets only gets two outs. He gives up three hits, three earned runs, one of them, of course, coming on the home run. I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's not uh, not great what happened here. Uh, the home run that came from Yastrzemski is obviously the one that's going to uh, make uh, news, but it's from Solano, the one that ends up kind of tying the game that was just really rough to watch. And I will say this, though. The pitch that he stammined through, it wasn't the, like, worst pitch right down the middle. I think it was actually good hitting. So I will give the benefit of that in that respective on that particular pitch. But bottom line is you got, you know, two other people on base. The last thing they needed was a home run. I mean, it's 6-3, man. Like, I don't know what else to say. Why is it that the thing that, this is what I've always hated about bullpens, and as someone who's been following the Yankees especially, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, I can't stand that the Yankees bullpen, you know, it's it's regarded as one of the best out there, right, uh, the past few years, especially a couple years ago, I think that, you know, they had all those, you know, studs coming in. I remember that I was remarking, and my dad said the same thing where it's like, good bullpens love to be good when they're up by seven runs, You know what I mean? They love, love, love when they're up by seven runs. But when you're in that, like, save situation or whatever with the three runs or two or one, right, they love giving up and and just completely imploding, right? That's what I can't stand about good pull pens. They're so fluky and so weird that I think that they're very stat-based. And sometimes if you actually just watch them, rarely have I felt like, there's been a team with a bullpen that you really trust. You just don't want to have a bullpen that's really, really bad. I think I, that's what I feel like. A bullpen is something that's going to lose you games, not necessarily win you games. I know that the stats suggest otherwise, but this is just a feeling that a lot of times that's what it feels like, right? And everyone points back to the Royals, and I feel like there's been an obsession in baseball, this this narrative, right, in baseball where everyone's kind of been trying to rebuild that Royals bullpen, you know what I mean? That bullpen that literally had Edinson Volquez was their top starter, and James Shields, who's kind of past his prime, and stuff like that, right? But if you got up to five innings and those guys came in, you won the game. You know, that's how good and how dominant they were. And that's when they won that World Series. And I think there's been like an obsession of trying to re- replicate that. But I think a lot of people don't realize, like, those were like three of some of the best closers the past like 15 years that they had on that team. While a lot of teams have just had very, very good closers. And I do think that there is a difference in saying that. You know, I don't want to, you know, kill Stam- um, Stammen for this. I don't want to rip the guy in half. He clearly, it did me feel bad, and I, I hate seeing people upset. I'm a little bit of a softy, guys, uh, when it comes to pitchers especially. Uh, and that walk of shame that they have afterwards when they walk off the mound. He looked like, he looked really upset. Like, clearly he was just devastated, and I don't want to, like, completely kill the guy and say, oh, you you trash, you know, keep him out, you know, kick him off the team. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be one of those fans. I've never been, like, one of those fans unless it comes to behavior-related things. You know what I mean? That's when I get upset at players, but otherwise it's not like these guys aren't trying. You know what I'm saying? So that was really upsetting. I saw it with Drew. uh, That's my friend who I was watching it with, uh, and we were just devastated. We were like, oh, my God, the last thing that we needed. And it's funny because... There was a bad kind of feeling in the air ever since uh, at, uh, when Tatis and uh, Olivares get picked off consecutively, by the way. And I-, I saw some people saying this on Twitter. It did kind of look like there might have been a balk on the Tatis one. That's what I thought, and I was a little bit surprised they not call that. I could be wrong, and honestly, I don't even know <laughs> what a balk is. I know what it is. I understand, like, the rule, and, you know, you can't. Just one hundred, like, pretend to throw the ball completely over the plate, and then just turn around and throw it. Right? I understand what the balk means, but I sometimes don't know what qualifies as a balk. You know, and this was one of those situations where the Tatis one, especially, um, I think Oliver They just kind of caught him flat-footed, and that was just a good pickoff move. But the Tatis one, I was like, are we sure that wasn't a balk? Like, are we 100% sure? I wasn't 100% sure, guys. That's what I'll say. Uh, so that was a great, and then they pick off him. That's kind of when there was, like, a bad omen, bad feeling in the air. I don't know if you guys felt the same way, but that's what happened. And then, of course, Stammy gives up the three-run home run, and then, you know, what else has to be said? Uh, Mike Yastrzemski with his second home run of the day. That, uh, that guy's good. He's very talented, I think. Um, he's definitely one of the I'd say he's probably the star of the Giants. Uh, Buster Posey at face value is kind of the heart and soul of that team, but he's not playing right now. Um, and he has declined a lot, too. Don't get me wrong, but he's probably like the the soul still, I think, of that team and 100 pence to a degree too. who I love. I love me some Hunter pence, but uh, that wasn't great. And Yastrzemski just absolutely clobbered it. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, what is going on? Matt Strom's supposed to be pretty decent. It makes you think, you know, bringing Kirby Yates, I guess. But then Kirby Yates, he completely blew the game against the Diamondbacks. So, so far, Padres' bullpen has not been as advertised. That is what has been so unfortunate about the team. I can't believe that this is what we're complaining about. And that's like I said. Been talking about it on baseball. You never know what's gonna happen. Well, even sometimes the offense, the starting pitching has been great so far, with the exception of Lucchese, who is the fourth starter. Not expecting as much out of him, you know. With the exception of him, everything else has been pretty solid. Getting on base, even stealing bases, base. So you know, with the exception of the Josh Naylor play, where he uh, overslid the base, which kind of killed us. You know what I mean? Um, Just in general, seeing pitches, home run power, getting the hits when you need it, all that stuff. Defense has been solid. You know, it's it, it sucks that the bullpen, which is arguably the one strength that they had over every team in the division, including the Dodgers including the Dodgers. The bullpen for the Padres was expected to be one of the big advantages that they have over some of the best teams in the entire league. They, on paper, have one of the best bullpens. And for the fact that that's the reason that we've been losing, you know, with from Pagan to Strom to um, Stammen to Kirby Yates himself, Drew Pomeranz and, and um, Luis Perdomo are like the best people in the bullpen that we've had somehow so far, right, especially with Pomeranz. It's really upsetting to see, and I was just devastated. And I really want to try and get that sweep. And it sucks that we waste the good paddock outing. We've got to Nelson Lemet going tonight, and I think he's great. And he had those eight strikeouts last game. Let's not waste his, you know, start tonight. This is the Giants, and then we've got Colorado coming up, and we all know how hard it can be pitched against that Colorado lineup. So, uh, really not all that. Uh, Great of a showing from the Padres' bullpen. Really upsetting that this is the reason that they keep losing games. Uh, And guys, before we get into... That's really all I have to say about the Padres' game last night. I'll have my thoughts probably on tonight's game tomorrow. Uh, Probably, anyway. Most likely. Most likely. And guys, before we get into the rest and the Joe Kelly words that I want to just talk about really quickly, start your morning with the news that matters in just 10 minutes. Axios Today host Neela Boudou and a team of other award-winning journalists will bring you the latest analysis and insight into the trenches shaping our world. Check out Axios. Great newsletter that I've um, signed up for too. And this podcast, I'm sure will be just as great. They produce really high quality stuff. And also wanted to give, of course, a shout out to the homies at CBDMD. It doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete, a stay at home parent, you know, Mike Yastrzemski, um, or you spend eight hours a day on your bed, uncomfortable or whatever. uh, You need support to make it throughout the day. So luckily, our friends at CBDMD have an amazing duo that can help you relax, regroup and recharge when life gets chaotic they've got first numero uno they've got cbd freeze with menthol which is an award-winning product that offers instant cooling relief for muscles and joints in a convenient and easy to use roller or shareable squeeze tube and they've got cbd recover which combines cbd with inflammation fighting compounds like arnica and vitamin b6 to give you the support you need where it matters most yes that is right and even better, that's right, we're not done, ladies and gentlemen. To make it even easier to try this amazing duo of topicals and everything else CBD MD has to offer, they're offering all our listeners twenty-five percent off your next order when you use the promo code mlb at checkout. So once again, that is CBDMD.com promo code mlb for twenty-five percent off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBD MD. Check that out. All right, everybody. We're back, everybody, here. Locked on Padres. Let's get it. Keep it rolling. Just was talking about the game and my thoughts on that. You know, depressing. I don't know what to say. It's unfortunate that the two games we've lost have basically been due to uh, what happens in the ninth inning. You know, it's a, really, a real shame. That's what's been uh, happening for the Padres so far. Um, now I wanted to talk quickly about Joe Kelly because I think this is a, a topic that kind of permeates throughout of baseball talk and general baseball talk and beyond the Padres in general. It's just a quick couple words I wanted to say on that. Um, look, I'm not a fan of Joe Kelly. I do not like Joe Kelly. I do not like the thing with the Yankees. I do not like that he's been kind of many times this guy who finds any reason to try and pick a fight and throw a ball at someone. I've said probably at the early days of this podcast that I think that pitchers who think that they're tough throwing at people – are ridiculous. I think that they're cowardly in a lot of ways. I think that it's ridiculous for for certain reasons, by the way, for certain reasons. Um, this one, I'm not lumping this particular uh, Joe Kelly incident in with the incidents I don't usually like. I'm talking about the Hunter Stricklands of the world, uh, the Madison Bumgarners of the world, who just get upset because you flip a bat or because, in the case of Hunter Strickland, you just happen to stare at your home run a tad long. Even though everyone else who was watching that game between him and Bryce Harper was also watching to see if whether or not the ball was foul. That's all everyone was doing. I hate when pitchers use that. They expose uh, just how weak that they could be mentally and just how... Uh, the, the the emotional fortitude they have is lacking and that they can just hit somebody because they got upset or because someone did well off them, right? I think that's absolutely absurd and it is bad for baseball and I've thought that it's bad for baseball. You know, uh, Ronald Acuna, I'm pretty sure, or it was Ozzy Alba, yeah, I think it was Acuna like a couple years ago when he got hit intentionally, when he was on the Braves and he got hurt and he couldn't play for the rest of the game. That could have been so much worse. I've been saying for a long time that these dumb unwritten rules, like, you're telling me you can just hit this guy with a baseball? Like, really, when you throw as fast as these guys do at their level, that is not, like, some little, like... It's not even a punch. It's like a bullet, man. You know? That's how I view it. So, I think that it's just pathetic and ridiculous, right? I've always hated it. And Joe Kelly, he's had those incidents, right? Tyler Wade... Or it was Tyler Austin. I forgot um, who it was exactly for the Yankees. Um, he has like a little bit of a eh, a little bit of a slide into second base. So of course, naturally, Joe Kelly takes it upon himself to throw at the guy. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You know what I mean? And I think part of it was I couldn't stand that the Boston fans treated him like some sort of hero for that and the Joe Kelly Fight Club. I mean, don't get me wrong. I kind of give him a little bit of credit looking back. I didn't realize that he did this. I kind of give him credit for being like, all right, let's fight. You know what I mean? Like he didn't start like running away or act. You know what I mean? Like there's some guys who, you know what I mean? Like at least it was made clear. Like, yeah, I want to fight, you know, to a degree about that. Right. But I still think it's unbelievably easy for you to throw a ball at somebody from 90 feet away with all your guys behind you, by the way, and the, the catcher right behind the the batter. You know what I mean? Like the batter is all by himself. So I've always viewed it as a very kind of weak and pretend uh, masculine type of thing to do, right? With all that being said, and I I also remember when I was watching with my friend Joe Kelly when uh, he was, not to rag on the guy too much, don't worry, I'm going to get into it, and when he, uh, there was a guy who called a timeout. You know, then it clearly upset Joe Kelly in the batter's box, right? He calls a timeout because Kelly was taking a little bit too long for him to throw the pitch. So then he hits him. I was literally with one of my friends, and I was watching the game with him, and I said, watch, I hate this guy. He's going to hit him right now. And what did he do? He hit him. So Joe Kelly, not a fan of that guy. It's one of the only few people in the league that I do not like. That all being said, let's discuss this incident. Okay, so the only other thing that I want to rip on with Joe Kelly is this. And then I want to rip on baseball for a little bit. I do not like the lionizing, the kind of uh, canonizing of Joe Kelly as a saint. I can't look for the exact right words to describe it. This this, you know, hero that we've made for baseball. The only reason why is this. I'm not a big fan of literal headhunting. You know what I mean? I don't and some people say, "Oh, it slipped and he you know, has no control of the ball, and he this and that. He hit his window in the off season working on his changeup. Okay, guys, I, it does feel like you're looking for an excuse. These are major league baseball pitchers, and he went after two guys, two guys at their head, 96 miles an hour. Here's my thing. Let's uh, before I get into the situation of what it actually meant and why he did that. Let me just say. I'm not a fan of literal headhunting. Someone can get really hurt that way. I just think that that's not right. And I do genuinely believe, sorry if people are going to bring up, you know, that he doesn't have, he's not a good uh control pitcher, uh that I don't think you should be aiming for people's heads. I remember Yordana Ventura, rest in peace, uh from the Royals years ago, he threw at Josh Donaldson's head and Donaldson was like, "Yo, what the hell? <laughs> what are you doing?" And then in the and then after in the post game he's like, "Oh, get over it, man." It's like, oh, no, 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 I, the batter, when you are throwing at me, I decide when I have to get over it. You don't decide when I get to go over it when you can knock my brains out. You know what I mean? That's ridiculous. I hate that. And I don't know if you guys could hear that right now, the Laudable or the background, so sorry about that. But that is ridiculous. You know, not to be super ranty or preachy, but I've always found that absurd. How about I take my helmet and then throw it at your face, right? Or even worse, why didn't I bring the bat? why can't, what's the difference, oh, get over it, you know what I mean, we're fighting, it's like, no, you don't do that, you know what I mean, that's absurd to me, I don't care who disagrees with me, that is pathetic, I've always hated that from every pitcher, right, and Joe Kelly, I just want everyone to be careful a little bit, he was throwing at someone's head, and I don't like that, you know what I mean, I don't like that we're acting like, you know, this guy is a superhero, you know, if he was coming out, if someone was coming out of the dugout and just, you know, to defend one of the, the Dodgers players and clock somebody, like, because there was a fight breaking out and we made him the hero, okay, when everything's a little bit more even, in my opinion, I know that this is kind of sounding like, uh, you know, a little uh, semantics when it comes to baseball brawls and unwritten rules, but that's truly how I feel. That all being said, in terms of the context of it, the Houston Astros cheated. Everyone knows this. I don't want to get into everything, right? And they cheated on a level that is very different than something that, like, what the Red Sox were accused of, and something that the Yankees were accused of, which has been bubbling up recently. But that's still a developing story. I can't stand that. That's ridiculous, right? Cheating sucks. Baseball kind of dug themselves this hole. We knew this was going to happen, and that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to applaud it. But and and I and I admit it was kind of funny seeing Joe Kelly's little Ooh, thing. It was kind of funny. I just wish that I actually liked Joe Kelly. Baseball not suspending the players from Bregman to Altuve to Correa to all these guys to Springer, whoever, right? Not suspending the players and, you know, saying that, that it's just a World Series trophy. It's just a piece of metal. And I, I don't even need to rip on my, Rob Manfred. You guys could tune it to Sully's Locked On MLB podcast for that, right? There's plenty of people who rip it to him. Or I emulate who did a great, fantastic. Seriously, go check that out, guys, if you haven't uh, listened to it already. His podcast on rob manfred uh and his kind of history and how he can't became the commissioner of the mlb lockdown marlins go check that out but this is what was going to happen and i think what was part of it is this they cheated on another level especially the dodgers who got a world series you know lost from them right and especially people like Clayton kershaw who got killed in the playoffs and he must feel like oh my god like really this is what they're doing the whole time the fact that the Altuve thing and the fact that they were so kind of unapologetic, it's us against the world. And I know Astros fans have been like this too. It's like, no, 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 You get to say us against the world when nobody pays attention to your team. You know what I mean? That's when you get to start building that narrative or when people are like, oh, they they got lucky. You know what I mean? No, no, no. We're mad at you guys because you cheated. Okay, you cheated brazenly, openly, and disgraced the game in a lot of ways. You don't get to decide that it's, oh, everyone's just being mean and they're just mad that we won. No! It's not that we're mad that you won. If you remember, we're actually, we were very happy that you guys won. It was a fun team. I like Alex Bregman. I like short guy Altuve. I like George Springer. I used to always say his name dramatically when he, George Springer. Like, I used to love that guy Verlander finally getting his World Series win. This was a likable team. People are forgetting. This is a fall from grace. You know what I mean? This is a fall from grace by the Houston Astros. For them to come out and be like, oh, we're, it's us against the world, that's ridiculous, right? And Verlander, who Lord knows he hasn't had any shortage of running his mouth when it comes to other pitchers and cheating and all these other things, right? And then the, the Altuve thing, which I witnessed live, as I told him in my bar story. I witnessed that live, and I saw Jose Altuve. You know what I mean? Hit that home run off of Chapman and run behind home plate or run to home plate. And then all of a sudden the whole buzzer thing kicked off. And for you to go out and be like, oh, I was just covering myself up with that when they were pouring water on me because I was shy. Okay, then we find all these Instagram posts of you just posing shirtless constantly, right? Okay, so you lied there. Okay, well, what's the real story? Oh, Carlos Correa comes out to defend his teammate, and he's been running his mouth for a lot, too. It's uh, saying, oh, they're just this and that, and we don't care what other teams think. And then he has the nerve to say, oh, it's, it's because he has a bad tattoo that he's embarrassed of. And the tattoo is Jose Altuve's daughter's, like, name. So either Jose Altuve is a jerk for being embarrassed by that, or it's a lie. I'm willing to side with the latter. So all these things combining, and for baseball to take, here's what I found a big issue with. You knew this was going to happen. You didn't suspend the players, which maybe could be a, uh, you know, they had to use Alex Cora and the the manager of the, the Astros, right, as scapegoats for this, right? Because maybe the MLBPA would be up in arms if you started suspending the players, right? That's what I assumed was one of gimme one things. But bottom line is you didn't suspend the players and the players were kind of I don't want to say unapologetic about it, but they certainly weren't super apologetic about it. You know what I mean? They were running a lot of things back and starting to defend themselves, and that was ridiculous. And you're gonna suspend Joe Kelly for eight games? Eight? What about the players? Why are they getting away totally scot free? They still get to play with this when you know, justice and proper uh, suspensions aren't handed out. What did you think was going to happen? And eight games in a 60-game season, I saw someone say that's like 22 games in context. So I thought that that was a really extreme overreaction. And also, I think, because it's Joe Kelly and it's not some star. You know what I mean? This isn't Walker Bueller you know, or Kenley Jansen that did this, right? It's Joe Kelly. He's not, like, the best pitcher in the world, right? No offense to him. I know I've been ripping him a lot on this podcast, but it's true. And for you to do that, out of control i think that that was absolutely reprehensible and silly and i thought that that was dumb and just in general baseball like we know rob manfred got an approval rating of approximately three percent right now he's probably out of a three percent right now and all of them are probably owners to be honest with you that three percent in terms of people who know about baseball on the planet it's probably the three percent being the owners or whatever it's really despicable. So, yes, I, guys, that's my kind of thoughts on that. Do not like Joe Kelly at all. I've never liked how he finds all these ways to get into fights. I do not want to lionize the guy and make him the hero of baseball, you know, for throwing at someone's head, guys. Come on, do a baseball 96 miles an hour at someone's head. I don't want to hear the control things. Bottom line is that's what what happens, and we can't judge intent, you know what I mean, when it was two guys that he did this for. Uh, that I don't like that, but I also think that baseball is ridiculous to kind of expect otherwise. And I know that they're trying to make sure that this doesn't become a thing where everybody's just constantly hurting the Houston Astros. But what do you think was going to happen when they didn't really apologize all that much? Uh, they weren't super sincere about it, and when you didn't hand out any suspensions for the players, that's my thoughts on that. I don't want to lionize Joe Kelly, but you know, go crazy, everybody. I'm just saying. With all that being said, guys, an actually uh, much longer edition of the Locked On Grays podcast that I expected uh, it to be heading into the day. Uh, that's it, though, for the podcast. The only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow the show or myself on Twitter. Uh, hopefully the Padres can win tonight because it is my birthday, if you guys were not aware, if you don't follow me on Twitter. Um, so hopefully they can win. Give me that birthday victory. That would be nice. Until next time, though, stay safe and and And, of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.